You're listening to Inspirato Projecto on K-Chung Radio. By the way, thank you so much, Grandma, for opening up the show. I always love incorporating your voice. If you're hearing that for the first time, um, the only reason why I haven't included it more in past episodes is because um, it, it was a station identification for my radio show, Inspirato Projecto, for K-Chung Radio, which may or may not come back. I th- I'm thinking I'm thinking more and more about getting back into that studio and uh, broadcast, broadcasting live, having guests in the studio. Um, but thank you so much, Grandma. Time is now 10.36 p.m. It is March 16th. I I think, I believe I put out two podcasts today. I think. Unless I'm in the process now of putting out the next one. Uh, But I put out a Sam and Max review of that video game. Sam and Max Beyond Time and Space, it's called. Put out that review. Then I put out a podcast that had a behind-the-scenes conversation with Kyle and Keon and John, the crew guys, the deckhands of Yachtly Crew. And um, my dad had surgery today where he had some issues with his heart and so he went in for a surgery today and they they zapped his heart to get it back in rhythm and so that worked out today and yet simultaneously um because today's the 16th yesterday was my sister's birthday the 15th so then simultaneously today while my dad came out of the hospital, my mom took her cat Dylan into the vet and she had to put him to sleep. Had to put that little guy to sleep. I think he was 14 years old. He's the little guy, if you listen to, I did a previous episode podcast where um, I picked him up from Tennessee, uh, from Chicago and drove him to Tennessee where my mom ended up moving. And, um, so I got time to spend, you know, I, I was able to spend time with this little guy. I'd always heard about him. And every time I'd come into town, I'd visit him. He's always hiding under a bed or something. Um, so I rarely got a chance to really see the little guy. So the most time I spent with him was actually driving him out to Tennessee. That ozonated water. Ozonated water. I'll be, um, on the road tomorrow. So I'll most likely upload the other podcast that has behind the scenes footage 
at the uh, at the uh, midnight at the oasis where all the cars were. So yeah, so my mom had to take the cat in, put him to sleep. They found out he had all this cancer in his body. They did an X-ray. She said she said he was acting strange. He wasn't eating the food he normally was. He wasn't really, you know, doing much. He's acting strange. So it's just, you know, it's so interesting, those people that you know in your life that just seem to be like, uh, as long as I have known my mom, it seems like there's, there, there has been perpetually this vibe of like, okay, when are we going to round this corner so she can finally breathe a sigh of relief? Do you know, do you have people in your life like that? Where you're just like, oh my gosh, there is always some kind of like, okay, when when are they going to turn the page? When are they going to turn, like, when are they going to move to the next chapter? Where things like, when are we going to see that story? Where things really pick up for this person? And uh, I keep hoping for that. I keep looking for that. And I just, I'm just like, man, what is going on? I, 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 I understand that our attitudes, you know, shape our realities. But it's like, I wish sometimes those messages were, were a little bit more obvious to people who are caught up in that that mindset of like just watching the news all the time being told what to do next waking up in the morning watching the news you know which is basically telling them what to do next then they go off to work where they're told what to do all day then they stand around the water cooler do they still have those and then talk about the news talk about the issues and you're boiling up inside, arguing, having all these ideas, having all this stuff. And then you got to go back to work, be told what to do, and then go home. And then if you have, you know, you live with kids or a significant other, someone is telling you what to do. Chances are, you know, it's a give and take situation, ideally. But then what? Before you fall asleep, you watch the news, which is kind of telling you what to do again. So that kind of mindset over and over and over, it it kind of screws with one's barometer in terms of knowing what their true intuition is. You know, that's the compass right there. Intuition. Um, Instinct. Um, that, That stuff is like... If you're, if you're in, in that mode of if you're in that mode of authenticity and observing human behavior and and watching how everything reflects off each other and then you start seeing you know once once you're aware of that and you see how 
the strings are pulled and then everyone goes to this side of the, over here and then when those strings are pulled everybody goes to this side and those strings are pulled oh now we're mad about this oh now we're mad about that so the more you see that you're like okay and it's it's difficult to 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 you know i don't want to convert anybody but it's a tricky thing. It's like, what does it take? What's the key that unlocks that power within somebody? When do they when do they come to that realization without you pushing, without forcing, without nagging, nudging, you know, but 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 advertising it maybe enough in a way where <laughs> you know, advertising it. You know, it's like you you see potentials in people and you and you, you've seen it happen and you go, oh my gosh. And you see it, and they saw it, and they felt it, and they know it, and they know that you know it. You witnessed it. You experienced it together, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and you're just like, okay, what, let's keep that momentum going. How, let's keep that momentum going. Because you see within your own life, the way that your own intuition leads you from synchronicity to synchronicity. So, and you see when it happens, you know, it's like, so it's tricky. I just, I just, you know, I, I keep this, this mantra. I still do this mantra. I am living in the timeline of my highest joys, my deepest desires, and my ultimate fulfillment. Ever since I heard about that on TikTok, I've been saying it. First thing I wake up, first thing before I fall asleep, all throughout the day. Of course, I'm still, I think I'm on day 18, 19 maybe, uh, with Bashar's transformative shifting cube first thing in the morning. Um, first thing, first thing in the morning, I do that little, that little chant. I'm, in, I'm living in the timeline of my highest joys, my deepest desires, and my ultimate fulfillment. Because that, that stuff encompasses a lot. So I say that first, I say that first, I say that and then I do transformative shift in cube. And then of course, and then throughout the day, I see those synchronicities. Um, but, you know, how do you break through? How do you break through that mind? And the mind that's just stuck in its own past, stuck in its own past. How does it break that cycle? Particularly for an older person. If someone is younger, I think it's a lot easier. There's not as much momentum. There's not as much crust built up. There's not as much like stuff packed in there like a snowball. Um, so it has to take a mind that just sees directly how their mindset is. Because it's like if you're, if you're constantly saying to yourself... Why can't I ever get a break? You know, I've heard that often. Why can't, when, 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 why can't I ever get a break? Why can't I? Well, you're going to come up with answers for that. When will I get a break? Or I'm happy about the next time I get a break. Or, uh... Things that speak in a different way. 
but you just can't, you can't, you know, how do you, te- how do you teach that to someone who, who really isn't necessarily in that mindset of opening up to it? Anyway, her, my mom's cat Dylan died. And I'm sure she's feeling very, very sorrowful. Um, and, um, kitty, kitty, please send out the good vibes to her. This here is a story with my sister explaining how they found Dylan, little Dylan. And, uh, so you, you will get to know this sweet little cat. They say the animals come to you when, when you least expect it, and we weren't mm-hmm. we weren't ready to bring another one in. But it was like he just kind of came at the right time. We needed something to kind of fill that hole in our heart. And so someone found Dylan just. They on found the side him of the road on the side somewhere? of the road. Yeah, he was a kitten. He was the little guy. Oh. And um, yeah, him and Allie were around the same age when they both came into the vet. They were just little guys. And so you you know you were like just nursing them both back into into good health, huh? Yeah. Yeah, and of course I'm growing you know more and more attached to them every day because I'm helping take care of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, well, you know, they need a home. And oh my gosh. So all I had to do was call mom and tell her, mom, we have this little kitten here, you know. I think she are like I had already been telling her the story about how they came in and we were taking care of them and stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> so she was already aware that there are these these cats that probably needed some yeah. extra love. Yeah. And then once you love. told her that Dylan was like, yeah, well, you know, I think I'm gonna take Oliver here. <laughs> oh my god. I forgot gosh. who we took first. Yeah, I think it was within like a, a few months oh boy. of each other. I think we took one and it's like, well, the other, you know. <laughs> oh, so you're taking care of him that long at the vet? Um it was a few months, yeah, because we wanted to make sure that they were, you know, that they were healthy and everything, and then we waited till they were, like, big enough so they could get neutered, because we wanted to make sure if we did find them a home that they were already fixed, so they couldn't, you know, go make babies. And, uh, yeah, I forgot who we took home first. Um... So probably yeah, whoever was... took who home first probably inspired the other one to take the other one home. <laughs> like, well, okay, mommy has Dylan. So what yeah. the heck? I got to take Ollie now. Yeah. Yeah, it was cute because they, they got along great. And how long were they living together for? Um, It was a few years. Because then mom... Mom had to sell the townhouse, and then she moved in with Dottie. And then Christian and I got that apartment in Hoffman Estates. And oh, so you had Dylan? Yeah, I had Dylan. Well, yeah. Dylan and Oliver. Yeah, and Lucy. Oh. Yeah, I think the apartment only knew about maybe one or two of them. 
and then um, Christian had to move out to help his dad, so then mom moved in with me for a little while, and then she eventually found that apartment in Bill Park, so then oh, she yeah. decided to take Dylan, so like he's more comfortable with you anyway, and that's when I decided to just rent the room from Nancy, because I knew I wasn't going to be staying in Illinois, I didn't want to have to sign a lease for a place, and be locked into that, and... So then I still had Lucy and Ollie, and then eventually Marky came along. When did Marley? When did Marley Bob show up? He showed he up when moms. we were yeah. He showed up when we were in the in that Hanover Park townhouse. He just came out of nowhere one day. I was out like on the I don't know maybe Mom noticed him first. She's like, Jenny, there's this this big mm-hmm. fluffy black cat out here, and you know, and he's really sweet. He can't be a stray because we had a lot of strays around there that Mom would feed and stuff. She's like, he's coming right up to me. He's, he's acting like he, he belongs here <laughs> or something, you know? Uh-huh. And, like, we, we posted stuff everywhere. I called all the vets in the area. I told them, like, but, you know, we have this really sweet oh my black, gosh. long-haired cat. He's got to be someone's. He's very sweet, and he's young, and he's well taken care of. And, you know, he wasn't matted at all. Never found the owner. So, of course, we took him in and, you know, kept him. So strange. It was like Cleo, you know, like Cleo just, like that all the neighbors knew her and like, we're like, where did she come from? Like, someone just move and leave her behind or what? Because she was so sweet. Yeah, that familiarity with these cats. Like you've just known them like, <laughs> they're coming up to me like, like you're my former cat, you know, like mm-hmm. were you a cat in a past life that I already had? Yeah. You know? It's like they sense that like, oh, this, this person's an animal person, so I'm going to. But then it's incredible to me, like, when I think I'm using my animal sensing, like, hey, I'm one, you know, I'm one of the good guys, I'm one of you, and it doesn't work at all, and I'm, like, trying to telepathically, like, tell him, hey, I'm good. Like, I remember I went over to uh, Ryan's house sometime, and he had this, like, just loud dog that lived behind him, that was Mm -hmm. behind the fence, and, like, if you got too close, you're like, and I'd I'd be, like, trying to, like, look at the dog through the fence and be like... Okay. <laughs> I'm your friend. Like, yeah. Come on, come on, come on. You know, I, I like constantly like just trying to like use the force mm-hmm. to kind of. <coughs> so people are just so good with it. Mom is so great with it. You're great with it. Oh, that's one half of uh, dinner. Oh. Here's your fun fact: a single pair of cats and their kittens can produce as many as. 420,000 kittens in just seven years. A perfect reason to have your cat spayed or neutered. Stay tuned, Inspirato Projecto, for more fun facts. As I've been spending this time with her cats, with Jenny's cats, before she... uh, she, t- she takes them, you know, until she's fully settled into her new place with her fiancé, Mike. Um, I just think to these moments with the cats where, like, how many times have you thought back to a cat or a dog or an animal you had? And you think, gosh, I wish I could just spend more time petting that animal. I wish I could spend more time doing that. 
And when I'm in these moments with these cats, I think to myself, my future self, this is my gift to my future self, my future self right now, this is a memory of my future self's brain. My, my future self is thinking back to this moment of going, wouldn't that be nice to hug the cat again? So by having that self-awareness now, I'm being conscious of it. I'm being aware of it. And simultaneously thankful to myself for every time that my past self gave that gift to me. So if you like receiving gifts from your past self, then start giving those gifts to your future self now. Start playing, you know, pranks on yourself maybe. Give them a scavenger hunt. Give your future self a scavenger hunt. Write out a treasure map, <laughs> you know? Make a geocache and put it out there in the world. Give these gifts to your future self. Your future self will appreciate it. them. Think back and go, thank you, thank you. Thank you. So that's why when I hug these cats, I'm just going, yes, okay, yes. Just burying my face, burying my face in them. Marky's always trying to get away. I'm trying to teach him it's okay to, you know, he simultaneously loves being pet, purrs like a maniac. Sometimes you can just look at him and he purrs. So there's, there's that's Marky. And uh, Oliver, you could just pick up at any point. Pick him up, and he is ready to be cradled like a little cherub. He's always ready for that. Always. It's never happened to you where you. <laughs> You get freaked out for a second thinking you cracked a tooth and you realized, oh no, that was like a piece of like, like a strawberry seed or something that was caught in my tooth from earlier or something. They're simultaneously terrifying and gives you that moment of gratefulness. You know, that's what's interesting in moments like that, with pranks, with things like that. If you break down what that is, like someone is under the impression, that's why like cons, you've always heard about the con, the long con. That's why people are so devastated with that. So it's like someone is under the pretense um, that what they are doing is this thing and that this thing that's happening is what it is the thing has the you know the names attached to the, to the thing 
the the personality, the everything, everything. And then, bam, 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 surprise, surprise, guess what? Um, this was all a big game. It was all a big reality show. So what happens there is that you're giving a person a moment. To, you're, you're like with the tooth thing, with the strawberry, you know, like seed. It's a parallel universe. You're given the simultaneously thought of what that's like. Okay, okay, you're in this mode. You're in this mode. Oh, gosh. There's a farce that you chipped your tooth. You're, you know, you're not thinking of that at the time. There's a farce that you chipped your tooth. Dun, dun, dun. What now? You know, you ask, okay, how does a person who has a chipped tooth, how do they deal with that now? Do they call up a dentist? What's the next thing for them? Um, but then you realize, wait, oh, that's a st- strawberry seed. And then you go, wow, wow. You know, you get to you get to get put to the test, so to speak. It's like running a simulator. Running the simulator, flight simulator, activated. You're flying, you're flying, you're flying. Oop, don't hit that Mesa. Whoop. Almost clipped the uh, Washington Monument. Whoa. Hurry up, pull up, pull pull up. You're gonna smash into the the tor the uh, Statue of Liberty torch. Whoa! That's what it's like. It's a simulator. You're activated. Activated. Simulation activated. It goes, okay, here it is. Play a character now. <laughs> Who has a chipped tooth and their tooth is just now chipped. Dun 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 dun. It is like a choose-your-own-adventure book in that moment, isn't it? It's like, whoa, it chipped the tooth. Oh, gosh. Let me turn back the pages that t- time where it wasn't. Um, and then guess what? You feel the gratefulness of not, you know, of having everything just fine. You feel that gratefulness. And then what? You make vows to yourself to brush after every time you eat. You make vows to yourself to, you know, and I'm very proud to say that I have been doing this for Is it this long? Have I been doing it 10 years now? I should have been doing it much longer, of course. But it's without fail uh, flossing my teeth. Flossing my teeth. It's a big deal. Flossing my teeth is a big deal. It's been said that it's more important than uh, brushing your teeth. But it's always important. It's always important to brush your teeth. Of course, it's even more so important to floss your teeth. So at Yachtly Cruise shows, after I eat, you know, I floss right away. Then I brush my teeth. 
I always have gum with me when I talk to the audience. Always. I want to smell fresh and clean. What kind of animal do you have? Mm. Animals, what kind of animals have you had? Have you gotten over the grieving? Have you stopped grieving? Know that your future self has stopped grieving. And by not grieving, it's not insensitive. They say grieving is the, uh, what is it? Grieving means that you have love, but nothing, no one to give it to. So you got all that love for in the for in the case of my mom with Dylan. She's got all that love for little Dylan, and now Dylan's gone. All that love for Dylan. There's nowhere to, to nowhere to give that. Do you by chance get restless leg syndrome? I think I talked to you about this. I've grown up calling them jigglies. They've been happening around a similar time. Around the, yeah, around the uh, maybe 10.30ish area. At night. I start feeling like this weird little, like, weird little, like, is it a tickle or is it like, I don't know, it's a weird little, like, inside, like, inside the shoulder. I feel it there, and then all of a sudden, goes down on my foot. Let's see if you can hear my the bones in my ankle. You hear that? So if I just sit here, I don't know if you ever, if you know what this is, restless leg syndrome. It's a tricky thing to describe. Um, let's see. Oh, it's about to happen. Yeah, it's happening. Oh, geez. See, and I try so many times to not move my leg. I try so many times. You know, the, the leg would be moving. Uh, I have to move the leg to, like, just, like, it makes you want to move your foot. It's like, it's simultaneously itchy. It's like electricity kind of in there. It feels like, uh, like something's like crawling around inside, like a worm or something. Something's jiggling, honestly, inside the leg. Inside those nerves, my mom still has it. I still have it. Um, I want to hear if you have it and or if you know good ways to describe it. What's going on? What can I help you with? I've got dry food here for you. You want that? Huh? Okay. Look at there's treats in here. There's treats in there. How about this?
Here's uh so small, just the tiniest gesture like that. It's get so excited. It's so just overjoyed at that idea of having a little treat, a little food treat, a little snickety snack. Bam. Oh yeah, there it is through my ankle again. Goes through my leg. And then, and then it stopped in my left leg yesterday, and then went into my right. Oh my God, it was like, what, what, come on. And I try to like massage my leg, I try to massage my foot, I try to punch my foot. I'd rather, remember when I get it growing up, I'd like, like I'd rather have it feel hurt than have this itchy like thing. I'd rather be painful than this like weird itchy. It really, it's like the equivalent of somebody taking a feather to your foot. Imagine that. And you try and go to sleep and you feel that. It's like someone's like running their fingers, like not on top of your skin, but like within your skin. And then tickle your, and then tickles your foot. I try so many times to not move my foot when I feel it. Oh my gosh, like what is it? I want to know what the philosophy is. Why is that? There must be some past life of mine where that happened. Something happened there. And uh, it's still sort of like attached to me. That idea. Very weird. I think what I'm going to do is ring to you. Get it, get it, get it. Did, you, just, did that taste good? Did I tell you? I told you about these things, right? The Mystic Martian Oracle cards? I'm going to pull a card for you. All right. I'm just going to pull a card for you. And I want you to think right now. Oh, shoot. Oh, my God. That was disastrous. That was disastrous. All right. So, I think I think things are upside down. So I'm gonna pull a card for you, but first I'm going to shuffle it. Pull a card for you. Um. question in your mind and I want you to see how this relates to you 
This is from the Mystic Martian Oracle by Lisa Porter. Crop Circles, number 27. This picture of cro uh, Crop Circles, this is upside down. This is when it tipped, fell earlier. Um, it's got a sky of blue, a sea of green. It's got a, uh, yeah, sea of green. It's got the Crop Circles, Crop Circle on the ground. Okay. So here we go. I'm going to read this to you. The crop circle phenomenon has intrigued contemporary society with discoveries of vast and intricate geometric patterns found in crop fields throughout the world, which mysteriously actualize overnight. The crop circles vary in design and size and can span over hundreds of feet. Shonky, man-made, prank-style crop circles have been found, yet pale in comparison to authentic crop circles' mastery and finesse. The discoveries of crop circles rarely, if ever, receive mainstream news to avoid evoking fringe researchers and UFO conspiracies to the forefront. Crop circles have been discovered largely in the UK, but also China, USA, South America, Australia, Germany, Canada, Czech Republic, the Netherlands, and Russia. Men, uh, most ufologists, paranormal investigators believe the quality of the designs are clearly the responsibility of higher intelligent beings. Researchers believe the extraterrestrials are using this basic format as a way to bridge with humanity and communicate on a level that does not cause fear and alarm. Closer studies of the actual crop stems show they do not forcibly bend and snap stems to lay them down. Rather, they are delicately rounded and curved so that they bounce back later still alive. Also, close observation of the crops show they are intricately woven, not just randomly squashed. Visitors, visitors of these sites insist the energy for days after crop circles are found is magical and serene. Reports of witnesses observing crop circles being made say that glowing white orbs fly around in silence above the crops, emanating some type of energy that instantly arrange the crops into designs. These orbs operate swiftly and in complete silence, then just fly away. All right, so since this is upside down, this is what it means. Needing constant validation, losing one's way, blocked communication. So what does that mean to you? Needing constant validation, losing one's way, blocked communication. Huh. Huh. Blocked communication. Hmm. This is something to think about, huh? Something to think about. We will be right back. This next piece here is for 
um, for you who live in Hauts de France. De France. I heard there's a few of you living out there. So this is UFO that was seen on 1304-2020, April 13th, 2020. It says UFO catch, Bruet la Buissière, Hauts de France, de France. Oh, the article was, was in 2020, but this was submitted January 17th, 2012. Can't remember if it's January 16th or 17th. That's Andy Kaufman's birthday. So I'm looking at a picture of this, of Houts de France. So this is what the witness said. Hello, here's our testimony with my partner of what we saw in the sky on April 13th, 2020. The photo was taken with our Nikon P900 camera and I uploaded it on my cell phone. This Monday, April 13th at around 4.20 p.m., we were playing sports in the garden on the terrace. I laid down to do my exercises on the weight bench. The sky was good, blue, all right, clear, no clouds, no pollution, no passing planes under the circumstance, circumstances. I suddenly saw a white object and with the naked eye. I could tell you that it was neither a bird nor a plane. It was moving straight ahead, coming from the north and was heading southwest. I told my spouse, who was also very astonished to see this object alone in the sky, he was looking through the camera and zoomed in on that weird object and took this picture. I kept saying to him, but what is this? I can continue to see this object moving forward. He tried to take other pictures, but the camera had trouble stabilizing. He was able to see for himself that it was neither a motor device nor a weather balloon and that this object advanced and sometimes rotated on itself in the form of a texture resembled a kind of large transparent medusa between one and three meters. The strange object, object or phenomenon kept moving forward and eventually gained height. It may seem crazy and still does not manage to give other explanations because for him it is something unknown. Since that day, I sleep very badly because I ask myself lots of questions about how can that be. I'm not reassured. I don't even dare to admire the sky anymore. I'm trying to find explanations for this phenomenon on the internet. Beams. Oh. So someone named Beams commented here. They said, nice capture. It looks like another jellyfish type aerial crypto creature to us. So this was um, submitted to Beams, the British Earth and Aerial Mystery Society. So since you live out in Hauts de France, Hauts de France, have you seen any UFO activity? Give me a call on the hotline. Or heck, if you live in France, you can email me, inspiratoprojecto at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your siding. Let me hear it. Hey, Inspirados, man. What do you think about the James Dean deepfake CGI that's been announced for his upcoming film? 
the studios got the rights from the James Dean family. They're going to deep fake him for this new film about the Vietnam War in 2021. Uh, it's going to come out in, in the fall. Um, what do you think about that deep faking and then deep faking other people like Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger and then Sylvester Stallone with Arnold Schwarzenegger deep faking them to do past movies? You know, you could do Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger again, redo them used a deep fake with him deep faked into the movie what do you think about the deep fake I think, anticipate they're going to do Marilyn Monroe uh, deep fake uh, Fred Astaire they're already talking about um, other actors uh, Burt Reynolds um, you know uh, what are your thoughts thanks Wow, Man Behind the Machine, that is such an interesting batch of information. Uh, boy, uh, so they're going to deep, so they're going to deep fake James Dean's face onto someone else's body. Is that going to, is that person going to try to talk like James Dean or are they going to find his voice and use the algorithms or something and input James Dean's voice into it. Um, for instance, what's interesting is, I don't know if you saw the uh, documentary Val, about Val Kilmer, Kilmer, but he's got, um, he had throat cancer, so he's got one of those things he talks through. And he worked with some kind of company that was able to replicate his voice. And there's actually a trailer out there for something. I don't know what it is. It's a trailer for something. And um, unless it's just Val Kilmer talking about himself, I don't know. But it's but it's it's his voice. You know, like how Stephen Hawking had that particular computer voice. Well, now what Val Kilmer is hoping to do is that now that they they've they've been able to sort of replicate replicate his voice. When he talks through this thing, it will then sound like his own voice coming through. Or if he types on a little pad, it'll sound like his voice coming through. So maybe they could do something like that for James Dean. I've done my own deep fakes. There's this app called Impressions that I got, and it has just a bunch of celebrity faces in there. And um, they had Christopher Walken, Jack Nicholson, uh, John Travolta. I mean, lucky for me, they had some of these some of these voices that 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 uh i'm able to do christopher walk and i cannot say that i do the best impression um so i just kind of like muddled my way through it but um i think that app i think you have to pay for it now but they'd only let you do like nine second increments and only like three of them a day for free and um but anyway the thing was is that first you make the video and then it processes your face and then it puts his face on your face. So, so that way, wherever you're moving your head, it's totally got, you know, it's like, it's totally on your face. But you could turn it on the side of your head and you still look like John Travolta. So um, the deep fake stuff is so strange because it's like, who owns your image? Do you own your image? Does your family own your image? Like, that's, that's, it's weird. Like, 
it's so interesting when you think about that, like the idea of putting Sylvester Stallone into Predator or something like that and just deep faking his face and then his voice. Wow. Wow. I mean, and then of course you could have all kinds of movies with all kinds of actors who have passed in the day. I mean, you can get that great, you know, a z- you can get yourself a really zany... Um, I was talking with someone about this, and I'm sure many people have have um, thought about this before, but a movie where you get the Marx Brothers and Three Stooges, all the Stooges, four Stooges, or five Stooges. Uh, I don't know how many Stooges there were total, but then them, all the Marx Brothers, uh, uh, Abbott and Costello, of course, Fatty Arbuckle, and Laurel and Hardy. And I, there are probably some more out there that I didn't even know about that were out during that time. But you get a movie with all those guys. And you turn it into one of those, like, you know, meet the meet the werewolf or meet the mummy or something like that. <laughs> um, or maybe you make it like a, a hard-boiled crime. You know, like, you know, all these dudes are detectives. They're all part of the same detective agency. Oh my god. All the hijinks. I totally imagine like some like Rube Goldberg type scenes going on. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, deep fake, gosh. I don't know where I am at that. I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. I don't I I'm not Would I love to see some of those actors from long ago? You know, they say there's, I guess James Dean never met Marilyn Monroe, or maybe it's never been documented, like in photos. But you always see people put, like, make paintings with, like, James Dean riding his motorcycle, and there's Marilyn Monroe on the back and stuff. You could have that. You could do that. Gosh, what an interesting, interesting thing. Interesting thing. See, because then once those faces are replicated, those deep fakes are replicated, are they now... So how does that work with Screen Actors Guild? With AFTRA? How does that work with... Or SAG-AFTRA these days. How does that work with SAG-AFTRA? Because the way that they're... Like... There are certain rates that actors make per day. So if you don't have the actual actor there, you don't have to fly them in... You don't have to feed them. It's just a deep fake. It's just a face. However, now, now this is the interesting thing. Maybe, maybe the way, what they do is because there are there will be actors standing in as those people. Like for instance, and I never saw Captain America, but the, um, you know, to make him, he's a small guy, and then, and then they give him all the super soldier serum. So that was an actor who play, who played the other guy, the first guy. But his face is covered up with the other dude's face. <laughs> it gets so. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! As soon as as soon as one sort of subculture or one sort of like new thing is is discovered now now it's like this is the race to try to figure out how to shoehorn this into what kind of label right (laughs) it's trying to figure out okay how do we define this 
How do we label this? What uh, genus, order, species, you know, kingdom, phylum, which one of those is this? Oh, man. Deep fake. Maybe it's not too late to learn how to love and forget how to hate. Isn't this where the auditions are for Yali Crew? <laughs> oh my gosh, is that the hostess of the podcast support community Facebook page? Maria Humphreys from Strong Body, Strong Soul Podcast? I can't believe it. I cannot believe it, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Maria Humphreys. She's referring to Yachtly Crew, which is where I will be um, in these next, the next upcoming episode. Um, I'm going to be leaving in a couple hours here for Napa. And then we're playing a show in Napa, and then we're playing the next day in Monterey. So, as I think I previously stated, my plan is to, tr- to meet up with Cristo Rapolo, the man featured in the documentary, The Curse of the Man Who Sees UFOs. My plan, meet up, meet up with Cristo, interview him for the podcast. Share some UFO sightings with him. And what would be really exciting is if while I am interviewing him on the podcast, that's when the UFOs are there. So I can actually, so in real time, sort of, in real moment to moment, so to speak, you can you can experience that with me. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wowzers. I would love, Maria, someday for... Yachtly Crew to have a series of, you know, make it big. An orchestra, dancers, cute gals in sailorette costumes. I'd like to see you up there dancing, singing. Maria is such a supportive spirit, encouraging, collaborative, cooperative, reciprocative. So good. Such a great heart. Um, join that Facebook page. Podcast support community. And um, listen to Maria Humphreys' Strong Body, Strong Soul podcast. She does a lot of meditations on there. She's also got a lot of just a crazy with the social networks. I, I don't know how you keep up with it, Maria, Maria, trying to, trying to like reply to all the comments, create all the content. It time, time flies when you're out there replying to comments, right? That's an, it's, that's its own art form unto, unto itself. Boy, oh boy. Anyway, Thank you, everybody, for listening to Inspirato Projecto. Uh, we're going to have Rob Broski, the woodsman, the woodsman from Twin Peaks. Thank you, Rob, in advance for uh, closing out the show. Then, if you stick around, you can hear the Face Palm theme song by me, 
CEC. Take care. This is Robert from Twin Peaks, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto. Got a light? It's a face palm, a face palm, a balm of calm, like a napalm bomb. It's a face palm, a face palm, crumbly malm of loamy alms, and how soon do Thank you to, to do it again. It's a face palm, a face palm. Here it come, Alms playing Brahms and prom. And how soon do you think you to, to do it again? And the homes from Guam, Guam to the cable comes. Are the Grom Rom diatoms glom in their moms? Face palm, a face palm, the book of psalms and rhymes and rhymes, and how soon do you think you'll do it again?